Hey, good morning, and I'm glad you're joining us this morning for our live stream. Hey, I want you to know that this Wednesday night, I'm going to have a live stream at 7 o'clock on our Facebook page for the church, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, the way forward and what we're thinking about the future and the next several weeks and next couple months. And uh, I've met with the deacons this morning. We are doing surveys of the church family, and those are on our Facebook page, or you can find that link and give us your input on that. And we're evaluating that and just trying to decide the comfort level of people and what's uh, the safest, most effective way to move forward. And so if you'll know that we're working on that, praying about that, pray for us. And we'll have a live stream Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. And if you want to ask questions or just interject comments there, then you can do that. And um, I'm glad you joined us this morning. We look forward to the day that we'll be able to uh, reconvene. So, hey, our scripture this morning comes from Hebrews chapter 10. And I want to read three verses, and some of them you're familiar with. Uh, but this is the uh, word that the writer of Hebrews gave the Christians in his day. Hebrews 10, verse 23, 24, and 25. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Uh, the writer of Hebrews uh, writes these words to people, quite honestly, who were wavering in their faith. And we actually see that in his words in verse 23 when he says, let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering. Um, that was the danger of some people in his day. And so he's exhorting them, you know, to hold fast that confession of faith because God is faithful uh, to his promise. And then he goes in in verse 24 and 25 and talks about the relationship that we have with one another. And uh, the point that he is making is that uh, there is a critical component to our walk with Christ, and it is the community of believers. And, and the bottom line truth today is that we need each other in the journey uh, that we're walking in following Christ. Now, in the experience that we are in right now, I want us to be deliberate in what we take from this time. And uh, I've described it, I've pictured it uh, from the story in Joshua 3 and 4 uh, where the children of Israel crossed the Jordan River from the wilderness into the promised land. And uh, the men collect 12 stones to put on the other side as a memorial of what God had done. And this is the picture I want to give you today. I want us to be deliberate as we pass through that river bottom at the stones that we take from this experience to memorialize this on the other side. And what I realize kind of interestingly enough, is that the stones that we take 
are triggered by the things that have been taken from us. Uh, you know, the very reality is, is that because we have not met at church within these four walls and on Sunday, uh, that experience has kind of exposed some needs in our life. And um, the interesting thing is when things are taken from us, uh, it's just the way it is that we will, we will value those very things. And I think that is so true for the experience. We will value the things that have been taken from us. And when we get to the other side, I believe we will memorialize those very things. Now, we've talked about a couple things already. We've talked about faith at home. And so the reality is what has been taken from us. Well, we can't bring our kids and our families to church inside the four walls. And so because that's been taken from us, what do we do? Well, we do faith at home. That was the first point we made. Uh, the second thing is because we're not able to meet in person that we've had to develop uh, other means for connecting with people. And so last week we talked about an expanded digital connection, how we're going to use technology uh, to relationally connect with one another because we've something's been taken away from us. Therefore, we will uh, value... Uh, that very thing coming out of this experience. The third thing today is I want to talk about the value of one another. That's the way I want to put it. I believe as we walk through that riverbed and we've picked up uh, the first stone, which I think may be the most significant, which is faith at home. And we've walked a little bit further and we've picked up a second stone, which is an expanded uh, digital connection. I believe today we come to a third stone that we look down and we say, no, no, we, we have to take this. This has got to be part of the memorial on the other side. And it is what I would describe as the value of one another. Uh, so actually the writer of Hebrews talks about that and uses the actual phrase one another in this. But just his train of thought in verse 23, writing to people who are wavering, he says, hold fast your confession of faith. Because God is faithful. And then in verses 24 and 25, he describes how it is that uh, we hold fast. Or really what he talks about is this significant critical component of the church family, the church body, in this journey that we are in uh, that is critical to us not wavering in our confession, there's several things he says. He says, let us consider one another. And he talks about uh, in order to stir up love and good works. And then he says, not forsaking the assembly of yourselves together and then exhorting one another. And so he talks about considering one another, stirring up uh, love and good works, assembling, exhorting one another. Uh, what he is communicating to the church in his day is that uh, the component of the church and the relationships that we find within that, that body of believers is critical uh, for our walk. Now, there is a 
phrase in there that uh, has kind of fixated my mind this week. It's been a little bit odd, but it's that phrase, one another. And I want us to stay there for just a minute and, and think about this, that phrase, one another. Because when I hear the word one another, my mind immediately doesn't go to anything else other than the church. When you talk about one another, uh, I don't think about anything secular, anything else. When I hear the phrase one another, I think it is distinctly, almost uniquely connected, tied to uh, the church. And I think Jesus actually did that, but the writer of Hebrews does that here. And in fact, all of the biblical writers will use this phrase. I don't know. They don't, they don't use a lot of the descriptions we use for the church, even family or actually the word church. But what you see over 40 times in the scripture is this phrase, one another. And it may say love one another. It may say care for one another, bear one another's burdens, confess your sins one to another. Uh, all of these one another's, over 40 of them in the scripture, but they're always connected to the church. There is something about that phrase. Now, where my little brain got stuck this week was just thinking about literally the words one another. And so uh, if we just took Jesus' statement when he says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Now, we've been raised in the English language and we go, okay, I kind of get it. I understand what that means. But think about it if you were learning English and you just thought literally, what does it mean one another? One another. And you, you look at it literally and you go, I, I don't really understand what that's communicating. The interesting thing for me is I go back to the biblical languages in, in the New Testament in Greek. Uh, what I learned is, and I know this, when I came to that phrase, I go, wait a second. No, that's actually one Greek word. And it is what I learned. Uh, it wasn't the first semester of Greek, uh, but uh, I don't know. It was semester two or three. It was what was called the reciprocal pronoun. Man, I know that sounds like super technical, but one another is the reciprocal pronoun in English. Uh, but in Greek, also, it's translating one word. Now, oh, I don't know, reciprocal pronoun. Uh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, reciprocal. Uh, it means to be mutually related. Uh, to have a reciprocal relationship with someone it means there's some, there's some back and forth, there's a, there's a mutual interest and connection that's, that's going on. It's reciprocal. Now, the interesting thing to me is that when you look at the Greek word for this reciprocal pronoun, uh, it bears out another component to this, which is even true, I think, in English. Uh, it, it speaks, it's a pronoun that's used to speak to a group of people or a collection of things that are mutually related. But here's the point, or one of the things, they're different. So these are things that are related mutually and connected, but they're different things. In fact, the, the root word for this word in the Greek is to be different, 
to be another. In fact, we see that in the English translation of this when it says one, another. And what it means, it's trying to communicate that, I think that concept in Greek, it means another of another kind. And so it speaks of those things that are mutually related, but they are different. And I think uh, Paul would bear this out when he talks about the church being a body. If you go to 1 Corinthians 12, he talks about there are many members, but one body. The members are different, but they're one body. They are mutually related, but they are different. And you go, wow, that's probably a pretty good description uh, of the church that we are different in personality and perspective in our journey and all of these things. And uh, many times the way we see life, but we are connected uh, in a mutual relationship. Uh, now, uh, my math mind went, wait a second, reciprocal. Uh, a reciprocal fraction is a fraction that has the same numbers but is flipped. So, I don't mean to get too technical here, but if our first fraction is three-fourths, the reciprocal fraction for three-fourths is four-thirds. So it's the same numbers, but it's flipped upside down. They're mutually related, but they are different. And so reciprocal fractions are fractions when they are multiplied together, here it is, equals one. Uh, and I think that's kind of even an interesting concept when we think about the church. Things that are mutually related, but they're different, but when you multiply them together, uh, they are one. But the thing that intrigues me about this, and it's used here when he says, let us consider one another. And even later in verse 25, uh, when it says exhorting, and it uses that phrase, one another. Uh, man, it, it seems that this is the distinct, unique description, particularly of the church body, that we are the one another. And so today, when I talk about the church and relationships, uh, my phrase that I, I settled on was, no, it's the value of one another. We are mutually related through our relationship with Christ and a commitment, if you're a part of this church, a commitment to this church family. But quite honestly, we're different. But when you put us all together, we make a unity because we are unified. And that encourages us and spurs us on in our Christian life. And I think really that's what the writer of Hebrews is talking about when he just says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. Uh, man, the bottom line is that we were designed to be connected not only to Christ, but we were designed to be connected to Christ's church. There is, it is a critical component of our walk with Christ that we need each other. We need to be stirring each other up in love and good works. We need to be assembling together. We need to be exhorting one another. There's two things I want to share just quickly from that about connecting with one another. Uh, the first thing is this, just talking about relationships within the body of Christ, that we need to connect in the most personal way 
possible. We need to connect in the most personal way possible. Uh, this live stream this morning is not the most personal way. Uh, we look forward to the day that we're going to see each other face-to-face uh, -face in the same room, and we've got to come to the time when we can do that safely. But ideally, that is the most personal way possible. Now, last week I said, you know, and you may say, well, this sounds contradictory to what you said last week because last week you said we've got to expand our, our digital connection. And that's true because we can't physically be together. We've got to find other avenues. And I think the reality is, is we're going to learn some things in this time about connecting through technology with each other that we're going to carry to the other side. It needs to be all of that. We need to connect with people in every way we can, but we... Our, our desire in our life is that we need to connect in the most personal way possible, and that is face-to-face, -face, and someday we're going to get to do that again. The second thing is this. In relationships within the church, uh, we need to connect daily. Uh, it's interesting in Hebrews, and this is in chapter 10, he says, "...not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some." but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. When you read that and you go, wait a second, if I've read Hebrews, I know, wait a second. He says something very similar to that in Hebrews 3.13. He says, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Man, and I, to me, 3.13 fills out the meaning of 1025, no, exhort one another daily. Uh, this is what God places on my heart as we talk about the value of one another and what has been taken from us and what we will take from this. Our relationships uh, cannot simply be among one another, what happens on Sunday morning, it must be on a daily basis. And our Sunday experience of being together has been taken from us, but what that does is that exposes really the desire and the need in our life to say, no, it's not just about a Sunday morning thing anyhow. Our relationships with one another need to be a Monday through Saturday thing in addition to the Sunday thing. And when we lose the Sunday thing, then I think it brings out that point that, man, when we come to the other side of this, uh, and as we have learned to check on people and just engage people and say, man, how are you doing? What's, what's going on? And how are you? And whether that has to be by phone or however that is, that we take that value of the one another to the other side and we make our relationships with one another more than just a Sunday thing, but a Monday through Saturday thing. Uh, I've told this to my family for years, that, and particularly Amy, that the hardest part for me about going to Africa, it's not the physical part of it, it is the emotional side of it in being away from my family and most significantly from Amy. The hardest part of my trips to Africa, which are generally about 10 days, is being away from Amy 
and also away from my family. And so I do everything I can uh, to connect with her specifically and then them um, when I'm in our country where we go I will uh, really all my cell phone will do is text and that's not a real personal way to connect but it's the text I'll send to Amy it's like hey we've made it to the city we're going out to the villages we're doing good we're all well we're healthy uh, pray for us as we go out and we share the stories about Jesus and that texting is about as personal as I can get. And, but there's, there's a point in the journey home as we go into the, the neighboring country where we will fly out of and the, the technology is quite honestly better that I can place a phone call, just an audio call, and I can hear Amy's voice. And she always says to me, I just wanted to hear your voice. It's one thing to get a text. It's another thing uh, to get a phone call. Well, there's a, some point in the journey along the way and it may be after we've landed in Houston and I'm on my way home, I'm not just going to send a text. I'm not just going to make a phone call. I'm going to do a FaceTime because that's even more personal. And uh, this, this applies. I mean, if you're a grandparent today, you know that the grandparent's best friend is FaceTime. I mean, if you have grandkids out of town, it's like, no. Even if you have grandkids in town and you're not physically there with them, it's like, no, I want to see them. It's one thing to talk to them. It's one thing to send a text. It's another thing to see them in person. Uh, but, you know, even as I, I come home from Africa, you know, FaceTiming is one thing, but then there's another side of it. It's like, no, I just want to be with you. I want to lay my hands on you. Uh, I want, you know, to touch you uh, and to physically be with you. Uh, and so, you know, some of those... Uh, Hugs when I get home inside the door with Amy are a little bit longer than our normal hugs are. Uh, just because we've missed that and so we value that. And invariably what I'll do is, you know, I'll, I'll want to see my kids and my grandkids in those days that follow that and say, no, I, you know, we, yes, we may FaceTime, but I want to physically be there and, um, and to see them. You know, there's an old adage that I thought of when I think about that. And it's the old statement that absence makes the heart grow fonder. And uh, I think that's true uh, for what we talk about today in the church. We have not been able to physically be present with each other. Uh, but I believe what that does, that being taken from us, helps us to value that very thing so that we will live that out uh, when we are able to come back together. And uh, I believe that's so true. It's not scripture, uh, but it's so true that absence makes the heart grow fonder. And so many of you have expressed that uh, in these days that we have not been able to be together. And I pray that we would identify that and we would go, wait a second. No, that's something I really miss. That's something I really need in my life. And so what I would say to us, let us mark this experience with the memorial stone of the value of one another. The reason we memorialize it on the other side is that we say, let's not forget this. And the point is that not only would we value it, but in the days on the other side of the river, let us live it out in the most personal way possible. And let us live it out on a daily basis.
let us never forget to value one another. Uh, and we want you to know that at First Baptist Church, uh, that we care for you. Whether you're a part of our church, you're not a part of our church. And we care about what you're going through. And as I close today, before I, I pray, I want you to know that if you need to talk to someone, um, and maybe we physically can't be together, but we're going to put some phone numbers on the screen. If you need to talk to us, I mean right now, that you feel free to call us. We want to be available to you uh, to talk with. If you just need somebody to talk to, somebody to pray with you, I'm available. I know if you want to talk to a woman, Cricket is available and we'll provide her uh, cell number. Uh, you can email us. You can look on our, our pages. You can message us, uh, including Byron. If you just need somebody to talk to or to pray with you, we care about you. We want you to stay strong, to stay safe. And um, someday we look forward to that time that we will be able to reconvene. And uh, man, God designed us not only to be connected to Christ, but to be connected to His people inside the church. And I pray that that would spur us on to love and good works, as the writer of Hebrews says. So let me pray this morning. Father, we love you, and we thank you for loving us. We thank you that you loved us enough that you came in the flesh to be like us, uh, to live among us, so that we would know that you're a God who's not distant, but you're a God who desires to connect with us. And Father, today I pray that you would just deepen our hearts. You would give us that sense of a deep sense of value of one another. That Father, when we come out of this experience, that we will live that out in a greater way because of what we've passed through. And so we love you. Pray that you'd encourage us. You'd take care of us uh, today and in the days that follow. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.